It's a solid choice. It's not thank the best you, choice, you, but it's solid. The little jabs, this a little underhand. It's good. It's not the best. It's not the best. Mine's the best, but yeah, I mean, that's okay. All right, foodie, go ahead. Who do you have cast here? Best for last. Got it. He said foodie. You're talking to you. Oh, Jesus Christ. He said Phil. (laughs) God damn it. Usually you make me go last. (laughs) Shit. Welcome to the Replay Value Podcast, where we deep dive into the movies we all love to watch over and over again. I'm Phil, joined by my brother from the same mother, our co-host on the West Coast, Warren. What's up, bro? In this episode, we're going to talk about the Christmas comedy classic, The Santa Claus. Superstar comedian and Golden Globe winner Tim Allen shines bright in Dizzy's magical, larger-than-life hit comedy that People Magazine dubbed the most playful, amusing, inventive cinematic fable in several decades. Rooftop clatter leads to merry adventure after Santa falls down on the job, and Scott Calvin's son Charlie convinces dad to try on the red suit. Eight reindeer pilot the pair to the North Pole, where they soon discover that by donning the famous suit, dad must now accept all of Santa's duties. Over the next year, a surprise not-so-jolly Scott grows a Santa-sized tummy and beard, causing friends, family, and business associates to wonder if he's lost his marbles. All except Charlie, who thinks his dad is perfectly suited for his new job. Each well-kept secret of the North Pole is revealed in Disney's hilarious and heartwarming tale that is destined to become a holiday classic. New York Post, now you can unwrap all of the magic of holidays any day of the year. And uh, that is the back of the... Big ass long VHS box. It kept going. From Walt Disney what Home the Video. Heck, man, it just didn't Closed stop. Closed captioning. It's digitally remastered. Okay, Hi-Fi stereo. Right. This film so, has been modified from its original version. And so it's been uh, formatted to fit your television. We are actually uh, recording this well, you know, well before Christmas. But I think this episode one is going to come out the day after Christmas, unless we decide to release it a day earlier than we normally would. So uh, people uh, will still be on Christmas break. A lot of, yeah, them. I, everybody's in Christmas mode until the, until the new year. So uh, we, around this time of year, we pick a couple Christmas films. Here we are in our sixth season, finally doing the Santa Claus. I, I, I am pleased to bring on someone who has been talking to me about this film really since I've ever known him. Uh, and his, uh, I, I probably hear uh, Topo Gijo about Topo 50 times <laughs> fifty times a year around this time. Uh, he says, if y'all ever do Santa Claus on the pod, you got to have me on. And here we are doing it. So Corey Cooper, who I will always lovingly dub as Coco. Welcome back to the pod, man. Thank you. Thank you, Phil. Warren, good to see you. Merry yeah, Christmas man. season. Greetings. Happy holidays. Yep. Glad to be a part of the pod. Your yes. third episode, uh, third right? Episode. So yes. what are the what are the other two movies you did? Uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, uh, Rabbit and what else? Uh, Rocky Four. Rocky so, Four. That's and right. we did that close to the beginning of last season. So it's it's been a little while. It's been a little bit. I've been I've been away for a bit. I'm, yeah. But I am glad to be back. I'm in this. You're uh, a recurring season guest. So yeah, nice. Uh, this is the this is the film 
You have chosen. This is it. This is this the is film. It. So you have a nice uh, portfolio of films you've selected. Who framed Roger Rabbit, Rocky Ford, and <laughs> the know. Santa Claus? Couldn't be more different films. But the classics. The classics. <laughs> a very a very uh, a wide array of uh, tastes there. My, uh, my Criterion collection. There you go. <laughs> um, so, uh, again, thank you for, for, for coming on. But uh, so it, why, why the Santa Claus? Though? Is this like, I mean, we'll get to our best Christmas films of all time later in the episode, but is this just one that's always held a special place in your heart since you were a kid or like what, what, what is it about this movie? Absolutely. I mean, this movie came out in 94. Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, I would have been six years old at the time that this movie came out. Perfect. Age. And so for, for 30 years, essentially this movie has been a part of my life. It's been a, at least yearly, uh, viewing for me, uh, in my family. Uh, when I, when I think about Santa Claus and I get an image pop in my head, I think about Tim Allen in the role of Scott Calvin as, as Santa Shisha. Claus, yeah. as Topo Shisho, yeah. and uh, Père Noel and all that. Uh, <laughs> it's a heartwarming film. It, it hits all the right notes. There's not a single sour note in it, it feels like for me. Mm. Um, you know, and, and like I said, it's been a part of my life for, for 30 years. I mean, like I will put this on and sometimes it's sequels. Uh, to wrap presents. Oh God! You know, it's just <laughs> sequels. Yeah, it's it's one okay, of those. <laughs> we'll never do those on the pod. No, no, so no. You no, better no, no, get fair. your Santa that's Claus fair. fix in this episode. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. Um, so no, no that that, that makes value with part two and part three. That that makes a, a lot of sense. Uh, Warren, you and I, when we were growing up. I mean, this is one that we watched. Oh yeah, we saw it in uh, theaters. Yeah, saw theaters. Saw theaters 30, 35 times. I mean, I've seen it at least once a year since then. I mean, it's a, mm. it's a staple for us. Yeah. Uh, so, Corey, you, you had uh, mentioned, you know, when you have a, your idea of you picture Santa Claus, you associate with the Scott Calvin with with the kind of the representation of of Santa in this film. Uh, yeah. and, and I would say that's that's a good summation because I, I do to a degree as well. Uh, it's it's if that has made an impression on you at a young age. Uh, it, it is a very clear image that you have, you know, and uh, honestly, I don't know if like from watching it when I was younger in the whole progression, of the film of him becoming Santa Claus, mm. when you finally see him, it's so striking in that, in that antique suit there towards the end of it, that that's, yeah. that's the image of Santa. And there's that, something, the, the I reason I think you do that is there's something about that suit, the fucking wardrobe, wardrobe department nailed it. Where that suit feels like that's the suit Classic Santa wears. Santa. Yes. It's it's vintage, but it has little details that make it seem like it was made in the North Pole. It makes it a little different than every other Santa costume you've seen, but still fits all the vintage classic look. But it's very high quality, extremely high yes. quality. I'll tell you something else that made it impressionable as a kid is that you know you would of course believed in Santa Claus at uh, at at that age and. But there was a lot of things that were a mystery of like, how does Santa work? How does he do this? How does he get mm-hmm. around? And um, it, it, just to be able to see that on film, to, ta- to kind of, in their own way, answer those questions. How does he get around so fast? How does the, the chimney work? Like, you're like, to be able to see that, like, oh, okay. It, it, it helps you buy into the magic a little yes. bit more. Uh, yeah, to make because it more believable. In media, I mean, as we were growing up, what other film, TV show, or anything like that showed us the magic of Santa, showed us 
The workshop. Nothing. Yeah, it, it, you know what this movie should be called? Santa Begins. It's the fucking okay, origin story. The ba- Batman Begins. Fair, that's is, fair. Yeah. It's, it's just every. What What should they have called uh, the the Bond movie Casino Royale? Warren. What should they have Bond called? Bond Begins. Fucking idiot. Everything is. <laughs> yeah, every, begins it's origin Batman. story, dude. I, I mean, I'm just telling you, dude. This is the okay. fucking Santa Claus origin story. Okay. All right. Well, Warren, uh, let's let kick us off. Uh, yeah. How did the movie get made, and who made it? Uh, Above the Line, written by uh, Leah Benavetti and Steve Rednick, produced by Brian Riley, Jeffrey Silver, and Robert Neumeyer, directed by John Pasquin, and distributed by Buena Vista Pictures, which is an arm of Disney. Yeah. I want to say uh, Leah Benavetti and Steve Rednick, this was their first screenplay. Guys, you know what else they also wrote? Space Jam. That's right. Oh. Yeah, oh, so they're they're just nothing but a string of heaters, then, right? Huh? So, mm, well, this, like I said, this was their first screenplay. They were struggling. I think they were maybe writing some plays or TV shows, uh, but the original title of the screenplay was called "Such a Clatter" and was inspired by the question: "Is like, hey, what would happen? What what if someone killed Santa Claus?" That was the the inspiration from from the film, and uh, and. and Originally, I think they had read that they had Santa getting killed by uh, Scott shooting him with a shotgun, which Disney shut down. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it took there were some permutations throughout there. But I mean, that's yeah, that 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 is where the 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 idea started. Um, so I, I uh, and then uh, John Pasquin, uh, of course, he this was his first directing credit. He had a history, though, of working with Tim Allen. He did it, several episodes of Home Improvement. Uh Last Man, he ended up doing Last Man Standing, that another show with Tim Allen, the movies Jungle to Jungle and Joe Somebody. So I, I, I don't know. I'm wanting to think that why is Disney bringing in a first time director? Did, did Tim Allen have that much pull back then to where he could just be like, yeah, I like this guy. I want to work with him. Bring him in. I, I feel like that's fair. I mean, Tim Allen, his his entire filmography is is almost a bunch of just nothing but Disney. I mean, you you listed off a bunch of Disney movies except for like the Shaggy Dog remake. Is that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know I, if that was or not. But uh, I mean, gotta, this is yeah, his first movie though, uh, and th- and then this was really a to to, uh, and this is so funny because you know I'm going to tie it into either Batman or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You already have. Tarantino you already movie. have tied it. Into one of Quentin Tarantino, but the one thing he talked about with Rick Dalton is the actors who went from television to film successfully and at the time that they did once upon a time in hollywood he had counted there had been 34 tv stars who transition into film stars and that's essentially what tim allen does with this movie tim allen was a tv star home improvement a big tv Mm -hmm. star one of the biggest and then he became a fucking big movie star he had this and then he followed it up the one-two punch with fucking toy story i mean uh yeah. yeah So this is a this is a star vehicle for Tim Allen and and uh, he pulled it off, man. You watch him in the early scenes when he's in the house and there's just this confidence mm-hmm. he has as an actor. You just feel comfortable and you feel like okay, I'm in good hands with this actor in this movie. I mean, you you just I can't believe it's his first lead. He's just he just carries it off so easily. Um, yeah, and, and it's, yeah. It's, it's 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 a it's a great to watch. So it's star vehicle for Tim Allen. I mean, this was uh, acquired as a star vehicle for a comedic movie star. And mm-hmm. uh, a lot of them passed on it, which I yeah. guess we could get. Well, we'll get to the what ifs what a little ifs, bit. Yeah. But, oh, Corey, you made the point earlier. It's like when you were growing up, basing your image of Santa off of this film, we didn't really have other a lot of other things to go off of. Like to me, I had the claymation 
Santas, you know, the asshole sure. that was Santa Claus in the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. So sure. the Santa was an asshole in that, you know. That you is remember. the that's the vintage classic like yeah, the claymation. You know, and, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Aesthetic that people think of with Santa and the North Pole. And then it was carried over brilliantly, which we covered last year in Elf uh, with John mm-hmm. Favreau's film. A lot of that is kind of the classic what people think of, uh, you know, what elves look like and uh, a lot of what, you know, things appear to, to but be. But to your point, though, what I was getting at, Corey, is that um, Santa had not been the main character uh, of a successful box office film since 1947's Miracle on 34th Street. So mm. by you you having that image, I think you're not alone in that a lot of kids uh, in, in that generation, that demographic there, do uh, associate this film with Santa because that was what they had to latch on to. No, I mean, yeah, you're exactly right. You'd have the claymation Santa Claus at um, you know, a studio like CBS, but here once a year or something like that. And that was uh, it. Yeah. And, and that, and that was it. That, that was, you know, besides that and what you see on the, on the, you know, Coca-Cola bottles, <laughs> uh, that, that was your it's image. Of Santa there wasn't Claus. much so in pop culture to associate as Santa, you know, now that was oh. before bad Santa, Billy Bob Thornton, you know, we didn't really have a lot of uh, examples to go off of, which is who I picture Santa is, is now is Billy Bob Thornton, bad Santa. What, uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> Nobody's like, <laughs> um, so this film was originally going to be at Hollywood Pictures, but it tested so well with kids they did end up moving it to Disney uh, for the, the, the under the Disney banner. Uh, the film was shot at uh, Raleigh Studios in Hollywood. Uh, that was where I shot my first part on Castle. Was it that really? same studio? Yeah. Oh, same cool. Studio. That's uh, it's a small little studio that's across the street from Paramount. It's right there in the heart so, of Hollywood. Warren, you can so, see the Hollywood sign when you're working, which is really let, cool. Let me ask you this. So that's I went, cool. When, whenever we went to Warner's, uh, we, I did a tour when I was visiting you there in Los Angeles. Outside of all like the studios, the sound stages, they'll have like a plaque that show plaques that show all the movies yeah. that were shot there. Did you get to see is like were you actually in the one where it's oh, the yeah, Santa no, Claus there, on there it? are there are sound stages at Raleigh Studios that do have oh yeah, yeah, I know for sure. There there was a huge list of them and Santa Claus is one of them. Okay, but there's only cool. a couple big sound stages, and so when a movie shoots there, they typically use all the stages. All the stages, uh, okay. Yeah, so uh but yeah, no, that's where Castle shot for years. That was their, oh. their home base. Yeah. Cool. Uh shot on location uh, uh in Toronto during the summer, standing in for Illinois during the winter. So there you uh. go. Uh, yeah. supposed to be what like a better Chicago time to shoot a, a Christmas movie than in July. Yeah. And they went with the Chicago <laughs> suburb, kind of like Home Alone did. So something kind of Christmassy and Americana about the Illinois winter, because you get the winter aspect uh, of, of, of the uh, the suburbs. Um, the reindeer were from the Toronto Zoo that they used. Well, not all of them. Well, some of them were digital. I mean, obviously. No, no, not they weren't digital. They were animatronic. No, oh, well, there you go. Comet, you know, like when he farts and everything. Well, and I think the one thing we could talk about uh, this movie, if we're talking about the production, is Tim Allen was famously miserable shooting this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, uh, he actually joked about it. I saw him in Laugh Factory like, I don't know, five, six years ago. And we're talking 20 something years later, and it's part of a stand up act. He's joking about. Um, how he hated making he hates how like everything he does is associated with kids and he's like he, he was in this Santa Claus and he like came out of his trailer smoking a cigarette and the people from Disney are like you, you can't do it there's like kids standing around he's like you can't do this you get Disney people are coming up to me you can't come out smoking your cigarette he's like ah fuck this and he went back in his trailer and then like the Disney people start handing out candy to all the kids and they somehow convinced the parents that he said 
Fuch, which means in uh, German, uh, let's take five. So he didn't actually cuss. But, so he was like doing a whole bit about it. But yeah, I mean, that's uh, uh, he he was not uh, not a happy camper making this. Huh? But I'm sure the money, the, the the checks got him through. I'd like to sure. know what his salary was for this. I mean, I, if something tells me it was that. like yeah. seven, eight million, I, I feel like he got a pretty good. No, it wasn't seven or eight million. Absolutely, you don't think not. so? No. Uh, special mm. effects wise, a, a, a big part of the reason he was miserable is because he had a big fat suit that weighed 60 mm. pounds that was like glued to his body. It took everything. This makeup took up to four this hours. This looks like a little on. weight to you. <laughs> <laughs> but it took up to put four hours. 45 to put pounds on. in a week. Couple, uh, two hours to take off. So it was, uh, it, it was quite a bit. It took, it took its toll uh, on him, but you, it doesn't, it doesn't come across in the filming, the filming of the, of the movie. He looks, you know, I mean, I, you can't. Yeah, he carries him. it well. He does carry. Yeah, yeah he like, carries it well. Not nice, nice pun there. <laughs> he carries it well. <laughs> yeah, and then for the snow, they use practical effects. You can actually, if you watch the movie when the original Santa falls off the roof, you can see him kick up uh, like a snow blanket, like a white blanket that they put on the mm. roof. So they, they, a lot of the budget did go to the the fake snow uh, and the North Pole stuff. That's probably another way that Tim Allen benefited from this movie. Honestly, if you think about it for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because after this movie, if you Google Tim Allen and snow, it does not bring up his arrest record. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. That's a good one. I love that. I was going to say, save it for biggest <laughs> benefactor, but no, but mind. no, that was, that was fantastic. Uh, I, I would, I would say a, a large, uh, most generations now don't even know about that with Tim Allen and what he, what he had going on. Well, I mean, if you, you talk, you're talking about how he's, you know, everything he makes is for kids. Yeah. <laughs> quite, quite different from his real life. Uh, that's true. There. That's true. Um, and then uh, I did see that the original cut of the film was over two hours, but the studio Disney, they were shooting for the 90 minute family film standard. So they basically said, Hey, anything, any scene that doesn't have Tim Allen in it, cut it out. And, and so if you look, there's especially towards the end of the film uh, where it focuses on Allen's transition, Scott Calvin's transition to Santa Claus there are so many aspects development of Charlie, uh, Laura and Neil that are completely cut out from the film. Uh, and it, it does a lot of advances very quickly. Um, so th- this is just, again, like I said, that's just the standard, um, uh, Disney's not going to put out a, a Christmas film back then. That's two hours long. Well, then I think you just realized you kind of, that also I think really benefited Tim Allen because it's just all kind of centered on him and everyone else becomes second fodder yes. to his lead character. He's in every scene. Yeah. And we move on to the stars of the picture. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Starring Tim Allen in his first lead what? role in a feature film. Starring Tim Allen. <laughs> in his first lead role, man. Feature I film. know, I know, yeah. Uh, Judge Reinhold, uh, steady hand there. Wendy Crewson, David Crumholtz, and Peter Boyle. Uh, so nice cast there. Uh, some some names. We all know who all those people are. Um, Give you some what-ifs for uh, the Scott Calvin character. Uh the studio, I think, had originally wanted either Tom Selleck or Tom Hanks, which I makes they sense. they wanted Bill Murray or Chevy Chase. I, I'm getting to that. And then they, Bill Murray and Chevy Chase were offered the role and, and turned it down. Uh, and so there was several other names in consideration. Robin Williams, Mel Gibson. So actors, essentially, that had been established as film stars uh, and then ends up going to, to Tim Allen. So I'm sure the wow. budget had a lot to do with that. You get a TV yeah, actor. It's the uh, money. Yeah, 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 exactly. Actors Mount Rushmore. Uh, well, this is going to be quick. 
Everybody, uh, fucking everybody in the movie. I think it's on there. Well, a question of the uh, week. I think Peter Peter Boyle. Peter Boyle. I okay, let me let me did. ask you, Corey. Would you? So, I, I don't know if we did Mount Rushmore the last time you were on the episode, but no, that's yeah. the first. Time. Uh, essentially, you have. If this was, uh, did you, you know, not send him the fucking guest? I sent it film? to him, I, but I'm going to explain. Jesus it, okay? Christ, man! I exp- I, you know, I do better <laughs> talking than lazy. Writing, okay, Mount Rushmore, of course, has you know uh, four peds on it. So essentially, if this was an actor's Mount Rushmore, would the character they play in this film would that be on their their personal Mount Rushmore? So he's saying, of course, Tim Allen. Yeah, yeah I don't say the character. I say the movie. It's the movie it's success. It's the character. In, no, it's the movie. So, like, oh if you look God. at a lot of these people, it's one of the most successful movies they've been in. So how would it not be on their Mount Rushmore? It's like Pulp Fiction. It's like Pulp Fiction. 54, or excuse me, I think 51 of the 54 cast members, it's their most known movie. I mean. Okay, but I'm saying if they play the character multiple times, let's say Mark Hamill is Luke Skywalker. You're not going to pick one of the Star Wars films. He, him as well, Luke in that Skywalker. situation, maybe that's different. That's where you interpret a, mo- a situation where there's multiple movies with the character. But in most cases, I'm saying it's got to be the, if is the movie big enough and successful oh, okay. enough, and the, the, Corey, the part was big enough in that mo- in that mosaic of a successful movie. Was their character a big enough tile in that mosaic to warrant it being on the Mount Rushmore? Listen, in the spirit of the season, you know he's making a list. He's checking it twice. We don't have to fight about this. You know, so uh, (laughs) I'd say on the Mount Rushmore, Tim Allen, definitely. Right? Like, absolutely, 100%. Would you say anybody that for this film that where it would not be on their Mount Rushmore? Yeah, I think it would be on Judge Reinhold's. I'm not 100% sure it would be on. I would disagree on the Judge Reinhold. I don't think that this. Fast Times of Richmond High, Beverly Hills Cop 3, Mm -hmm. this. What else? Uh, Gremlins, uh, Ruthless okay. People, Stripes. He's got a really small part in Gremlins. Okay, right. Stripes, Fast Times. Okay, Beverly okay, Hills fair. Cop. Fair, fair, fair. I think it's fair, borderline. Fair. I think it's borderline. His movie's going to live on for you. Christmas movies live on for hundreds of years, though. That's the thing. And I would say also a no to uh, what David David Crumholtz. I don't think it would be on his. He's been in a lot of stuff, dude. I mean, this was like his first thing, though. It launched him. You know, and he was really a breakout in this. I mean, he's, he's but yeah, it's he still has every fucking scene he's in. Part, but but he has such so an impact things. in that part. He yeah, he has, and he yeah, anyway. But yeah. I, I would he's say lot, he was uh, he's been in like a lot of Coen Brothers. He, he's been working with like a lot of uh, 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 um, filmmakers, like elite elite filmmakers. Uh, as of maybe okay, I can see this. Okay, uh, biggest benefactor uh, from the film Coco. Who you got? Who do you think is yeah. the biggest benefactor? Him. Tim, Tim Allen. Tim Allen. Yeah, Tim Allen. Easy. Yeah, no easy. Yeah. Easy, dude. And I think that easy, would also easy. double for actor. Uh, or okay, so yeah, yeah. actors at their peak. It, Tim Allen. And when we say peak, Philip, this brings a whole oh. new meaning. Listen oh, to yeah. this. For one week in November of 1994, Tim Allen had the number one movie at the box office, the number one rated television show, and the number one best selling book in New York Times bestseller. Holy shit. Wow. Yeah, that would I would say that's your peak. Yeah, that's your actress. That peak. is uh peak of his powers. Uh Judge Reinhold did have Beverly Hills Cop come out, I think, three the next year. So he was kind of in the midst of one of his proms for sure. He mm-hmm. was just in a lot of hit movies in this period. Yeah, but Tim Allen, literal literal peak. He defines this category. Well let's go ahead and, and get this over with as well. Warren is Sure, he's your MVP, right? My favorite is David Crumholtz as Bernard. If I'm picking my favorite performance, that's your MVP, though. No, my favorite oh, performance. Oh, okay. 
Okay. You have to go with Tim Allen as yeah, Santa yeah, Claus. Yeah. The movie's yeah. built around him. He's in every scene. It'd be like having the Oklahoma City Thunder with Russell Westbrook back in the day after Kevin Durant left and saying he's not the MVP of the team. How could he not be? He holds the ball every possession. Mm. That is the case here. He literally, in this case, I love Tim Allen, but he's a ball hog in this movie, but the movie's constructed that way. There's no one else that's even in the running for this, except potentially David Crumholtz, who, again, steals every fucking it's, scene it's he's in. It's too minor of a role, though. That's the it's fact. too minor, though, but he's, yeah. definitely the, he's definitely my sixth man. He's definitely okay. my supporting guy. Yeah. But Tim okay. Allen, it's his movie. It's built around him. Uh, whoever is in this part is winning the MVP. It doesn't yeah. fucking matter. Whoever's playing this part to get Well, we, we talked about they cut scenes uh, around him, unless they was in it, so it has to be. It, it's dramaturgically constructed yeah. and edited that way. All right, stats and accolades of the Santa Claus release date was November 11th, 1994. It's always funny to me that they release Christmas movies so far in advance of Christmas. Like, this is well before Thanksgiving. Uh, Cashing in, baby. Gotta get that six-week lead-in into Christmas. What was this, like mid-November? Yeah, November 11th could be classified as mid-November. Studio is is really leaning in. They know people are going to start going to holiday movies. How many fucking Thanksgiving movies are there? Exactly our point a couple episodes ago. People are going to start going to movies as a family around Thanksgiving. It's it's a smart move. I mean, I I get it. I put my Christmas tree up on Halloween this year. You did. You did, you psychopath. Don't call me a psychopath. Fuck, man. Listen, listen. I enjoy the Christmas tree. I enjoy the Christmas season. I want to enjoy that tree for as long as I can. So, so did you? Were you playing the Santa Claus, the film in the background, while you were putting up the Christmas tree on, oh, no, on no, Halloween? No, no, no. We, we, we just went, it was just some standard Christmas music. So. Nightmare Before Christmas. You could do Nightmare Before Christmas. Christmas. There, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Halloween yeah. Christmas you know, mix there. Yeah. Uh, this is Warren the seventh film that we have done from 1994. We did not in, enough. In season one, we did five. We did Pulp Fiction, Dumb and Dumber, Speed, Lion King, and Forrest Gump. And then in season two, we did Shawshank Redemption. We have so we not chilled done, out on 1994. We took a break. Yeah, we have done one in four four seasons. So, that's yeah. the longest stretch. Wow, mm-hmm. for had that high of a count and not done it that long. That's yeah. pretty wild. We're overdue. A budget of $22 million, box office opening weekend, $19.3 million. It was number two behind Interview with a Vampire which is a a great film. I would love to do that. Uh, Domestically, it would go on to make, uh, to date, it is made. (laughs) Don't know about the replay value to interview with the vampire. Are you kidding me? That movie is amazing. It's good, but I don't know if I'm going to, it's not a movie you can watch every day. (laughs) Um, 145.5 million domestic worldwide, 190.5 million, which in today's dollars would equate to 395.4 million. So yeah, this, uh, like I said, budget of 22 billion, this made that back and, and then some. Yeah. Uh, box office rank fourth for the year tagline. Uh, it was on the one sheet, uh, theatrical movie poster. Scott Calvin must become Santa. No ifs or ands, just one big, but, and that butt is with two T's. That is the <laughs> a terrible. So that is such a stretch of a tagline. That That's is so awful. stupid. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, runtime one hour and thirty seven minutes. So Disney really kind of going with the ninety minute mandate, getting as well, close as they can. And that's with credits though. So I think without the without credits, it's like a hour and thirty two, thirty three minutes. So if if it was to be made, you know, nowadays we we get halfway through the credits and there'd be a scene with Bernard coming in, and be like, oh, you're still here. No, no, if you're watching on streaming, Netflix will cut it off before you can even see any of the credits and start playing something you don't want to watch. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> um, rated PG, 
with a body count of one. <laughs> Motherfucking Santa. That's right. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Uh, and uh, th- this is the only film in the franchise that has a PG rating. They're all PG. Oh, either G or PG-13 after this. Has Which to be direction? G. They would not put out a PG-13. There's no way. Know. Fucking, you think so? Martin Short is the uh, Jack Frost. Seems a little dark. <laughs> I'll check it. All right. Uh, home Media, VHS, Laserdisc, October 1995, and release on DVD, October 2002. Well, I don't know. Maybe I can't. I don't know. have the rating. Can you just fucking look at the movie and find the I'm rating? I'm looking I mean, at I, it. We need an IT team. This is terrible. Corey, I mean, like, help you, me. Help Jesus me. Christ. I'm, I'm a boomer. Right, I'm old. How do I Yeah, you are. Uh, Santa. God, man. Our production values. Just terrible this episode. I've got too much going on. Uh, scores of the film. Rotten Tomatoes, 73%. Cinema score A minus and a meta score of fifty seven. Yeah. So critics average reviews. It's G. It's success. Yeah. There you go. They went the G route. So they Disney really well. Wow, they really leaned into it there. This film, film success though really is it's with the audience. It's not critics. Uh, this no, not with the critics. Not with awards. Awards looking a little uh, looking a little thin. Two wins and nine nominations. Uh, two MTV Movie Award nominations, two Saturn Award nods, uh, an American Comedy Award nomination, and it won a People's Choice Award. So, amongst amongst its uh, trophy case there. Music of the Year for 1994, the Grammy Record of the Year was All I Want to Do by Sheryl Crow. And uh, I hate that song. Uh, number one song that week is I'll Make Love to You by Boys to Men. Do not hate that song. So... <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares, right. Phil. Okay, cool. Uh, movies cool. of the year. Uh, top at the box office. Number one, The Lion King. Yeah. Number two, Forrest Gump. Number three, True Lies. We got to do oh, True yeah, Lies. That's the next 94 film we're doing is True Lies. Yeah, for sure. Uh, honorable mentions of the year, Dumb and Dumber, Speed, Pulp Fiction, Maverick, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, and Legends of the Fall. Wow, that's crazy. Ace Ventura and Legends of the Fall. So the birth of like two big movie stars, Brad Pitt and Jim Carrey oh, there yeah. in the same year. Yeah, um, Oscar winner for Best Picture, Pulp Fiction. Oh, uh, well, I'm sorry. Forrest no, Gump. I was like, uh, what? Uh, no. uh, was <laughs> nice try. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Razzie winner for Worst Picture, The Color of Night. Average movie ticket price in 1994, uh, $4.18. Adjusted for inflation is seven dollars. World events in nineteen ninety four. Lisa Marie married Michael Jackson. Kurt Cobain passed away. Nancy Kerrigan was attacked. Uh, Netscape Navigator was launched and became the leading web browser. I mean, that's wow. like the legit yeah. first web browser. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's before Chrome, before Safari, motherfucking Netscape the, the Navigator. The OG best web browser, Netscape yeah. Navigator. Yeah, yeah, Netscape Navigator. Yeah. Uh, Brazil won the World Cup uh, in Orlando, which was the highest attended uh, World Cup in world history. Uh, Northridge Quake hit the San Fernando Valley in Los Angeles. I mean, fucking people out here still talk about that that quake uh, uh, today. Uh, The MLB player strike lasted 232 days. O.J. Simpson flee police in his white Bronco. The Winter Olympics were held in Norway. And NAFTA was signed, which uh, was the largest trade block in the world. Wow. 94, oh. man. 
Yeah, Night Before had a lot going on. A lot, a lot of shit went down. Okie dokie. Moving on to best scenes and lines from the Santa Claus. And uh, what better person to start us off with their runner-up for best scene with a little ho-ho-ho than our friend Coco? What's your, what's your runner-up for best scene? Runner-up for best scene. Second place, Second essentially, place. if you want to look at it that way. Gosh, you know, I think I think runner up for me, uh, as far as scenes go, is when uh, Scott Calvin and Charlie go out on their first, like, well, uh, technically on their second run in the updated sleigh. Oh, and and and, yes. and and Charlie's running through everything, and you're getting to see, you know, how all the updates they they did, and the the CD, you know, the cookie, the cocoa cookie dispenser. And, uh. And everything like that. I, I thought that was just such a such a great, you know, little scene of just seeing how Charlie had his input and, and, and helped his dad out. Charlie, stay in your seat. I gotta show you this. Are you getting jingle bells? No screen. DC channeler and air freshener. Wow. And most important of all, your hat. My hat? Fine with two-way radio. The microphone's in here. It connects you directly to Judy. Wait a minute, what's this? Oh, that's a CD. Compact disc. No, cookie cocoa dispenser. The cocoa comes out nice and hot. And out pops the cookie. How could I have done this without you, Charlie? You couldn't. <laughs> Yeah, that that was a favorite of mine as a child. Watching the upgrades to the sleigh, like the tech upgrades, like you can tell it's been enhanced. They've got like the race car seats and seat belts and all the gadgets on the dash. It's, I like that. It's a good choice. Good yeah, choice. yeah. It's funny you mentioned this Charlie kid because my my girlfriend was just like, "This is the cutest boy I've ever seen in a movie. He's just adorable. Uh, like his voice and how he acts. The kid's really talented." Uh, he has a, he really lands uh, a lot of the big moments as a child actor in this movie. I mean, he's given some I think tougher he was, moments. He's, he's really talented, eight, man. He's seven fantastic. Seven or eight or something. Yeah, dude, this yeah, kid's incredible. Crazy. I was like, this, this. There's really some heartfelt moments he's got to deliver on, and he he he's got the goods. Um, right, yeah, well, what's your runner for best scene? Uh, runner-up best scene is when uh, Scott and uh, we, the audience, uh, meet Bernard, <laughs> and he lays it down to Scott. What the Santa Claus is. Look, I am not Santa Claus. Ah. Did you or did you not read the card? Yeah, I read the card. Then you're the new Santa. In putting on the hat and jacket, you accepted the contract. What contract? The card in the Santa suit. You said you read it, right? So when you put on the suit, he fell subject to the Santa Claus. Here. The Santa Claus? Oh, you mean the guy that fell off my roof? No, no, no. Not Santa Claus the person. Santa Claus the clause. What? You're a businessman, right? Yeah. Okay. A clause as in the last line of a contract. You got the card? Okay, look. The Santa Claus. And putting on the suit and entering the sleigh, the wearer waves any and all rights to any previous identity, real or implied, and fully accepts the duties and responsibilities of Santa Claus in perpetuity until such time that wearer becomes unable to do so by either accident or design. What does that mean? It means you put on the suit, you're the big guy. That's ridiculous. I don't put on a suit as a Try to understand this. Let me explain something to you, okay? Toys have to be delivered. I'm not going to do it. It's not my job. I'm just an elf. 
It's Santa's job, but Santa fell off the roof. Your roof. You read the card, you put on the suit that clearly falls under the Santa Claus, and now you're Santa, okay? And that's the fucking brilliant part of this movie. It's not just a simple title. You say, oh, the Santa Claus. People just think it's Santa Claus. That's actually not what it's Claus about. with it's an E, yeah. The, yeah, the, the Santa Claus is it's what makes him become Santa. It's actually just so brilliantly. It's, it's one of the most simple yet brilliant titles, and they really work it in. But And it's in the writing, too. I mean, the, what makes this movie work is the premise and this execution and how well this is written. We have to buy this. Or the movie doesn't work. Yeah, it, it just it doesn't work. Not to this level, but the execution is just there. The writing's there. The performances are there, and we're fucking in for the ride. And it's just, it's a great scene. The fine print on the business card. There, yeah, he yeah. just tells him, "Yeah, Absolutely. man, you're the you're, you're you're the guy. You're the Santa. You put on the suit." Yeah. Do you think? Do you think any lawyers saw that and it's like I can argue against that? Hang on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean that's that's fair. He didn't sign anything, so. But, no. And if it's but, a clause, it's kind of fucked up how they make it really small along the border of the card, so you can't even really that, see that, it. It's like that, it's that, almost that, like trying to trick people into being Santa Claus. That's definitely a joke out there for the grown-ups, for the adults watching the movie. Be like, ah, I got him with a fine print, you know. That well, thing. Yeah. they do do fine print things. Like when you go to amusement parks, they'll have things really small and fine print. Or you go to events, they'll do that. And what better way to get it over on Scott, who's like in sales, than to, to, to nail him with something like that? It's probably the first example of people not reading the terms and conditions before. <laughs> oh no, yes, honestly. I read all of mine before I accept anything. <laughs> um, my runner-up best scene is one that, thankfully, I've never experienced personally, but I can relate to. Like I've taken my kids out to to eat by myself sometimes, but just the the, the way they focused on the Denny's uh, scene when him they, they they walk in there and they see all the other single dads in there with their sons. One guy's got like the burnt hand. It's just seeing that moment after Scott ruins Christmas Eve dinner and and like the waitress pulls him in. And there's like a special room just for the dads in his situation. Coffee? No, thank you, Judy. What do you say we start out with? Cold glasses. My delicious seasonal favorite. Eggnog. I don't like eggnog. We're out. Coffee. Decaf. Mm-hmm. All chocolate milk, please. We're out. Plain milk's fine. Okay. At least we know they got hot apple pie. We did. Mm-hmm. And like everything they want, they can't get. They can't get it. So that's all they I get. Yeah. Chocolate milk? No. Yeah. Regular milk it is. Yeah. The pie up oh, all gone. Sorry about that. It's just, uh, I love that. Uh, okay. Uh, Coco, back to you. Uh, what yeah. is, uh, what's your winner? For best oh, my winner! My winner is uh, it's going to be horribly specific to me. Uh, my favorite scene I've talked about this in the past with you, Phil, is that when Scott Calvin goes to the master suite for the first time, and you know, Judy has taken him there, and he's trying to get relaxed and everything, and, and and you know he's just trying to get settled in for the night, and he go there's these Punch and Judy like puppets, yeah, yeah, in the background. And, and he takes his suspenders, suspenders off and he drops his pants down and those two puppets scream. That slapstick comedy gets me every <laughs> single time to scream. Yoinks his pants back up as quick as he can. Oh. It, it, it killed me when I was a kid. Killed me as an adult. Always will. That's what I love about bringing on guests that where the movie is in, in, in very um, 
they're very passionate about it. They, they've loved it because you get these little deep cut nuggets of specific scenes where it's just something that's resonated with that individual like you. Like I would never have picked that for the winner. And I don't think most people that have seen the movie would, but you have seen it so much and you love it so much. It just stood out to you as a kid. And, and to this day, it still does. So I love that. That's it, man. That's, that's the pinnacle peak comedy for me. Peak comedy right there. Just drop your pants and have someone scream. Okay. Um, Warren, what's, <laughs> what's your winner for best scene? Uh, man, I think it's like, I mean, I picked the one that lays down the premise, but I think the execution of this scene is really what, makes the film what it is and uh, why it's resonated. The sequence starts when Santa falls, Scott goes out to investigate and, you know, he puts on the suit. That's all. That whole sequence has a very high replay value. It's fantastic. It's what we associate if they like show a quick snip of the film. Like if he's on Letterman, they're going to show that scene. Okay. Um, But specifically is when he gets in the sleigh and he is Santa for the first time. And he's going to the houses, and we see him. How Santa? We're getting. It's like the fucking Claus begins, man. We're getting like <laughs> we're seeing how the the reindeer go house to house, kind of how the system. You're works. You're seeing how the sausage is made. You're peeking behind exactly. the curtain. Yeah. You're yeah. seeing. You're seeing like the bag isn't loaded full like the Grinch, where every toy in the world, every toy, everything appears at each house. He that's the magic of Christmas. It appears at each house. So as he picks up the bag, and then it picks him up, and then it takes him where, how it you know takes him into if there's not a, fi- a chimney and a fireplace, it creates one. I mean, it literally shows us how Santa Claus is able to be Santa Claus no matter the situation. Uh, that's got to be my winner, man. That that, that uh, uh, that's it. That uh, Tim Allen is fucking hilarious in it, and you get to see some maybe some of the logistical issues, you know, with dogs and alarms and kids sleeping. I, I, it's great. Santa. Scott Calvin. How can your clothes are so baggy? Because Santa is watching his saturated fats. How come you don't have a beard? Because I shaved. Do you want this doll or not? Go back to sleep. You're supposed to drink the milk. Look, I am lactose intolerant, and I am just about this close to taking all those presents back up the chimney with me. Supposed to drink that milk. Shut your eyes. I mean, that's what we were talking about earlier. That scene fleshes out the Santa Lord that we didn't have the, 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 the Santa, deep Lord. Santa Lord we did not <laughs> yes. have before. Like that's, that's it. Right. We've never seen that. We do. We never seen how things work like that before. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's great. That's that's got to be it for me. It's, it's just the sequence of him being Santa for the first time, uh, and, and that's like a probably only like a really a three and a half minute scene, but it, it just has him hopping from a lot of places. Mm. I'll get specific on that in that uh, my best scene, my winner for best scene is whenever he is making his his rant, rounds, runs, deliveries as Santa Claus on Christmas Eve. But it's when he visits Sarah's house for the second time. And you can just see how mm. much he's grown as Santa. Your father this year. Well, thank you very much. You've grown too. And you're a very good girl this year. But I want you to go back to sleep, okay? Ooh. 
think the milk's a little sour. It's soy milk. Huh? You said you're lactose intolerant. I did say that, didn't I? Thanks for remembering. Go to sleep. Merry Christmas, Sarah. Merry Christmas, Santa. Dude, at that point, he's Santa with the bat suit. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Fucking yeah. legit Santa. He's got on the Bond tux. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. So he makes the delivery. He's very quiet. He he, you know, he, he kind of tucks her in. Eats and the cookies. Drinks the milk. <laughs> drinks the sweet milk. He does every. Yeah, he does. That, that, that's the best thing is you see. Like at first, he was just talking. He's like, I'm lactose and tart. Just saying whatever he could to shut her just up. Being an asshole. Yeah. And the second time, he's just like, That's right. You did remember. I did say that. It's like you can see how much he has grown as a character. And he's really and, nice, and she's really sweet. Yeah, it's yeah. great. But he's grown as a character and grown as uh, Santa Claus. So yeah, that, that was great, that man. was my winner. Uh, I just had a uh. couple honorable mentions. Um, one is Scott when he goes to visit his doctor with all the problems going on. Yes, <laughs> I think that yes. Scene is, oh, is dude, yeah, I was quoting good. it earlier. Oh, yeah, man, that, I had that too. Is uh, almost man. I mean, that's I, I don't want to skip ahead here, but that that is uh, ties into my runner-up best uh, line. Oh, okay. Okay. It, I won't say anything it, more about the yeah, scene, but I, I yeah, just yeah. that their interaction is a scene. I like that. Oh, dude, it's great. That, that, that arguably could be a runner-up or winner. It's that good. And then my when my second my last honorable mention is when Scott is in denial about being Santa, which he is a good chunk of the movie, and he keeps trying to like shave and lose weight, and but specifically when he goes to the 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 the, the efforts to dye his hair and shave his beard and just instantly changes back so yeah. I, uh, visually i love that all right uh coco yeah uh, did you have any honorable mentions uh, for best scene i actually do have an honorable mention uh here and it's just gonna it's, it's gonna tie into the whole santa claus transition that you were just talking about there uh the scene where he goes to the boardroom at his company oh that's and, so good and and he's in his his, his sweatsuit yes. he has explained that he you know beasting and all this stuff so he orders he orders lunch right he orders lunch he orders all he's like i'll get a caesar salad uh, hold the dressing and the then dressing he orders on the like side four yeah, desserts, but then he pauses right? where you think that's all he's gonna get and yeah. then he starts a fucking all other ramble like 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 four four or five different desserts and, and like and then it changes over and shows him finishing the desserts if you watch the camera as it pans across the table that salad is on the table he never touched it never, t- never touched <laughs> I it i never it, noticed it, it got that. brought in he ate nothing but the desserts i love that it. is good i love that attention that's detail. amazing that's good uh that whole bit is great and i gotta tell you i mean i don't know we talk about things that haven't aged very well but there's uh no way uh, uh they're gonna body shame someone in a fucking studio movie a disney movie in 2023 uh his co-workers body shame i was just like uh, he literally comes out and says something to him. Like, nobody would say anything to you now. Nobody gives a fuck. Well, if they um, did, they would be the main antagonist and villain of the film. Like, yeah, that would be the it's, it's, it's so kind of funny how normalized yeah. it was back then to do that. Uh, I was kind of, a, it's a little jarring, actually. You kind of see how much things have changed a little bit in that way. But um, that's a great scene. Uh, yeah. Him ordering lunch, I had as an honorable mention. Uh, nice. Beasting Scott. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a very large beer. It was a big beer, whatever. <laughs> so, did you have any other honorable mentions, or that's it? Yeah, last one. 
when kids line up at the park to sit on his lap. Ah, uh, that yes, is good. That that's is good. very that's good. fucking awesome. Because you can see in that time he is fully Santa Claus. And the best part is when uh, 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 Wendy Crewson's character uh, shows up and you see the look on her face and that great cut by the director. You just, you just see all the kids lined up. Lined up. He's like... He's counting them. He's not like he's being an asshole. Like Scott in Act One would have been like, "Guys, get get out of here. Let me alone. I gotta go." And he would have gotten up. But he's, he's actually fully he's got a job to do. It. Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, okay. How many we got here? Okay, yeah, okay. Let's make a quick kid. What do you need? You know, it's it's great. It, it's really it's really interesting. A lot of our honorable mentions and and, and runner ups and scenes and everything is is Scott Calvin becoming Santa Claus. Yes, like, that is embracing it. Embracing it. Yeah, love that. You gotta, I gotta say, the makeup they do when he's Santa Claus. I know we all know the prosthetics and everything, but the thing they do to make his cheeks really rosy, uh-huh. and they do something with his eyes. I don't know what they make him really big and warm. He just he you believe he is Santa Claus. Like yeah. it's it, it, there's something about not only the performance but the way he looks as well is really mm. important. Yeah. Uh, all right, best lines from the film, uh, Coco. We'll kick it back to you. What's your runner-up for best line in the film? Oh, best line, runner up for best line has got to be Neil talking about the weenie whistle. I was three. And it was an Oscar Mayer weenie whistle. Christmas came. No weenie whistle. And that's when I stopped believing. You were three? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No way he delivers like, oh, you know, I stopped believing. Didn't get my weenie whistle. Just, when I was three years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, would, who would have thought that that was the straw that broke the camel's back? <laughs> it was an Oscar Mayer weenie. It's like, Warren, can you not go an hour and a half without eating? Like, you can't even go 15 minutes. It's just like nonstop Dude, I, throughout I, I, the I've whole got episode. It's like, I've got snacks. We'll even record that long. <laughs> well, since you're eating, I'm going to go ahead and go. Runner up for best line is an exchange between Neil and Charlie where it's almost like Neil has got Charlie on the couch, on the sofa, and he's trying to have a a therapy session with him. And he's asking him about, he's never seen reindeer and Charlie retorts back, you know, they, they kind of go back and forth, but the specific portion of that is when Charlie says, just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And I know that's a little cheesy, but that it's a Christmas movie. And that is the essence of the magic of the Christmas movie that drives what makes the movie magical. Um, so you, Charlie captures that, and this line does too. I think there's a better version of that line delivered by another character. That's my winner. I'll, I don't give it to you okay. later. Well, but... go ahead and go with your. What's your runner-up? No, that's my winner. No, I know, but I let's go ahead and to. go with your runner-up. Oh, actually, first. I am reversing it. Actually, is my runner-up because I'm going to reverse. Um, so that's your runner-up. It's, it's my runner-up is seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. It's by the elf. But Judy. Mm. Yeah, by Judy. She uh, tells Charlie that, I believe. Or is it, uh, maybe it's Tim Allen. T- tells the Scott, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I see it, but I don't believe it. <laughs> You're missing the point. What is the point? Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Kids don't have to see this place to know that it's here. They just know. But yeah, that, that's got to be my okay. runner-up. All right, all right. Uh, so that... Runner-ups out of the way, Corey. What's your winner for best line? My winner is, and as you have mentioned, I, I think I've quoted this 
many times. Uh, also, with a shout out to our boy El. El, yep, yep. Uh, I've heard it in the game chat on play every like five seconds. <laughs> the 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 line where the officer is interrogating Scott Calvin. He says, "I say name, and you say Scott Calvin." He says name, and he says Chris Kringle. Or at the very end of it, of course, the one is Topo Shijo. And yes. that one is, that is fantastic. Also, uh, thanks to preparing for this uh, podcast, I found out I have been pronouncing it wrong my whole life. Me too, because I watched the film with subtitles and I thought it was Popo with the P. I thought it was P. Popo Shijo. Yeah. It is Topo Shijo. Topo Shijo, which I don't know what that translates Gijou. to. Imagine Santa Claus, but. Um, that was my winner as well, Corey. So we matched up there. That exchange. Fantastic. Yeah, and I knew we would. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. So let's make this simple. I say name. You say Scott Calvin. Name. Chris Kringle. Name. Santa Claus. Name. Père Noël. Babo Natale. Pears Nicole. Topo Gijo. That's why you picked it. That's so lame. No, it's because it legitimately is. It's it's also the most quotable. Very, really? very quotable. Also, he makes see, such a funny face when he delivers it. You can just tell Tim Allen's cooking in that scene. He doesn't give a <laughs> fuck. All right. Well, what's your winner then for best line? Uh, my winner, it's, uh, well, it's during the doctor scene. When he said, does this look like a little weight to you? I gained 45 pounds in a week. And he's like grabbing his stomach. A little weight? Does this look like a little weight to you? Weight can fluctuate from year to year. Fluctuate? You make it sound like I'm retaining water. I've gained 45 pounds in a week. <laughs> the way he shakes that stomach. Dude. Oh, the, yes. the, line, the, line <laughs> the line delivery is great. And there's another line. I mean, it's, I think it's the two best lines in this scene. I shave in the morning. In the afternoon, I look like this. <laughs> he like points at his face. I mean, but my winner, it's the it's the 45 pounds in a week. Uh, this is looking a little weight to you. Yeah, it's great. Fantastic. Line. That's good. All right. Honorable mentions. Uh, Corey, did you have any uh, honorable mentions for, for best line? I always thought it was funny how it was just very quick, but... Uh, when Scott meets uh, Judy, the elf, for the first time, and, you know, she talks about how old she is. And uh, she, she mentions that, she, uh, that she's already seeing somebody. You know, he's like, you, you look you look great for your age. Thanks. I'm seeing somebody. It was very quick, off the cuff comedy. Very funny. <laughs> I love that. That's good. All right. Uh, any others for you? What about the guy? There's the guy in the jail cell when he gets broken out. And it's just real quick. He yells, hey, can I get some of that tinsel? Just... Because he sees the elves just break the guy. He's like, can I get some tinsel? Just real quick. Boom. Uh, gone. Yeah, I think it's, that's good. That's Again, good. I don't know. Maybe it's a running theme. I just love these very quick quips comedy. Movies. Yeah, uh, I like that. That's good. Uh, I, I was actually uh, looking up Topo Gijo, what it translates to, to kind of go back, step back for a second. It does not translate to Santa Claus. It is a deep cut reference to a um, a children's puppet show in the early 1960s uh, that was featured on the Ed Sullivan show. And there's one episode of it in which uh, Topo Gijo, it's a mouse. He dresses up and imitates Santa Claus. So it is the deepest freaking cut by Tim Allen. It was like an ad lib that he did on set. 
my mind is completely blown. I, I'm I'm looking at it right now. Yes. No, no, that is an ad lib. I could tell. That's why I said Tim Allen was cooking. That's what I said. I I, I never would have guessed that. I thought it was. Yeah, it's a total improv. I knew you could tell that just uh, he's totally loose in that scene. It's just a uh, ad lib. Oh, man, I have galaxy brain right now. I I I know, man. I knew that. I knew that. You you guys can tell him. I can't wait to tell E.L. about this because he's not going to. It's a total improv. It's a total improv. No, I'm just saying that it came from like a cartoon mouse or puppet mouse on a the Ed Sullivan show where he dressed. It's that so such an obscure reference. Lost to time, dude. Yes. Um, all right, Warren, uh, any honorable mentions for you? Yeah. <laughs> when um, uh, Scott is, uh, you know, complaining to uh, Laura about Neil and he said, um, quote, uh, who gave you permission to uh, tell Charlie there's no Santa? I think if we're going to destroy our son's delusions, I should be a part of it. <laughs> That was the only honorable mention I had. You, you you nailed it. That that that's the one I had too. So that's yeah, that's a great one. Uh, every time Calvin rips Neil is funny, and you can tell it's just yes. Tim Allen improving. It's it's the sweaters, the fucking yes. all the little. There's like at least twelve jabs in this movie, and they all work, and they make me laugh every time. <laughs> Absolutely. My favorite though is probably when um, uh, I think it's Charlie says um, I learned a lot from him. And then Scott goes, yeah, then he charges you for it. <laughs> uh, uh, how many then, you got, uh, the, man? We're supposed to limit this to the, like two or three. There's three limit, okay, motherfucker. It's my third. Going. You guys had nothing, so I have to kind of compensate. Coco here. had a couple. And, I had one. And then, and then uh, uh, my last one, and this is just because the delivery, and it's what Phil talked about is when he's like dealing with becoming Santa. It's when he looks in the mirror and he just goes, I'm in big trouble. Yeah. <laughs> just delivery. The, the delivery of that is just, it's, it's a funny moment. Moving on to Judge Bob's Recasting Court, where Warren, Coco, and myself will attempt to recast this film with today's stars. All rise for the Honorable Judge Bob presiding. Gentlemen, you may be seated. You can stand up, whatever the opposite of what you were You're doing. in your head about it now. You're still like sitting, standing. We're all. <laughs> Ward called about, say, gentlemen, we, but you may be seated. And we're like, we're always seated. What are you doing? Yeah. And so now he's now he's he's like, damn it. He's in his head. Recasting court is in session. Mm-hmm. And uh, ho, 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 guys. There's three of you tonight. He's, na- he's name calling us. He's name calling us. Ho, ho, and ho. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Fun movie. Uh, I think this was probably, an, I don't want to say an easier one to recast, but more a light recasting than some of the other uh, daunting tasks we've had in the past. Although the um, Scott Calvin character is just The hardest. Perfect. Yeah. It was perfect. So you have that. Yeah, you definitely have a definitely have a, a tough one in front of you there tonight we are going to hear recastings for bernard neil with an eye it's Laura neil with an eye scott calvin i didn't realize it was an eye yeah he's got to be too yeah it's oh. n-e-i-l you know i mean and it that, fits that the character in that yeah. Out, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah anyway um phil y- you were 
tied but with lost Brandon tied, last week yeah, you know, yeah to the guest last week so we're just gonna go yes. ahead and uh, all right whoa <laughs> no for, i'm still you know, nine and one for sake i haven't actually <laughs> won an episode since uh, i think the 12th like in like 10 10 on the episodes it's stupid well i gotta i gotta feel the winds of change your ball okay and Corey, no, welcome to the so. group uh no phil yeah let's let's get these things okay. kicked off here who do you have cast for bernard well i i will just say you may think of for the listener that why aren't we recasting Charlie? It's like a, what, eight, 10 year old kid. We already screwed that up last episode with home alone too. We're not doing that. Forget it. It's too difficult yeah, to cast child actors. So we're not doing a child actor unless we absolutely have to. Yeah. You Guess have to with this Kevin. one. We don't. Yeah. You don't know here. Okay. So Bernard, a uh, uh, gruff elf. That's just, you know, he's, I would say the only elf, maybe Judy, that that would be worth recasting here, but uh, has a prominent place in the franchise, definitely in this film. But I focused on one that could be you play a little bit older than the elf, but still look like an elf. And again, that gruffness and capturing that was key. Uh, Finn Wolfhard. Pulling Stranger Things, I know, but uh, well, he would be my Bernard. So th- this is why we don't cast kids, because even when we have to cast teenagers, mm. we have like a, about eight actors that we use, and, and this is one of them. Uh, top of the list, Phil, low hanging fruit. Yeah, Jesus I know. Christ. He, he does. He yeah, just talks you got through a it. in your throat he, there, buddy? Warren's got a bubble it? in his throat. He just talks through it like no one can listen. No one <laughs> I'm notices. I'm a fucking champion. I just soldier through Wait, it. Why don't you go... Do me a favor. Do me a favor. Go ahead and while you're telling me you're Bernard casting, eat the chips. Oh, so let's yeah, go ahead and get on. the food thing out of the way. Hold on. Wait a second. <laughs> oh, no, he actually has chips. He's got <laughs> chips this time. <laughs> okay. There we go. All right. Who do you have cast as Bernard? Warren? Moment, moment. <laughs> <laughs> we can wait. It's fine. Wait. Well, you're good. You put me on a, no, God damn it. You he set even, me up for failure. No, he, he, he told you you <laughs> to eat the chips and you grabbed him. So. Well, I mean, you're the judge. It's your courtroom. You tell me it's Easter. I'm going to start looking for eggs. I mean, what are we doing here? Um, tell me, eat on meat. Look, I, I don't have a lot of actors to pull from here. I'm really at this point of the season. I, I'm hurting. Okay, when it comes to kid actors. Um, but I thought of a kid. I think it would be perfect. Sharp in parts she plays, and she tends to come up older than she, she is. Are you doing Bernadette? So I didn't recast Bernard. I recasted Burnett. Bernadette. I'm with Julia Butters. Julia Butters. From, yeah, uh, once as the my kid, the, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, and I feel like she would she comes off like she, I I I, I mm. would believe her as an elf. I, I just because um, she has that intelligence that an elf would have. They're what a couple thousand years old, but they look like kids. Okay, great. Remember DiCaprio was even like, "How old are you? Who uh, are you again?" <laughs> okay. She's so good in Once Upon a Time. All right, Corey, bring it home. Yeah, uh, you know I, I agree. You know when when you when you're trying to recast teenagers, there's a million to choose from. Uh, but I actually went kind of the same route that Phil did. Stranger Things co-star. I chose Gaten Matarazzo. Oh, I almost picked him. I, I, I thought about him. Yeah, I, well, I almost picked Finn Wolfhard. Like, yeah. So he's got the, he's got the Bernard hair. <laughs> the <laughs> hair helps. The hair, the hair helps. And then, and then his, well, I just kind of pulling from his character in Stranger Things, you know, he was kind of, kind of bossy. Like he kind of took care of business. Oh yeah. So that's kinda, a good point. Yeah. You know, he kind he kind of wanted to, you know, Make sure everything was taken care of. So you know that's that's that was that was my thinking. For some reason, when I th- thought thought of the gruffness, I more associated that with Finn Wolfhard. But you're right; he was, especially in like the later seasons, he does get mm-hmm. a little little snappy, a little bossier uh, to the rest of the group. It's a good point. Yep. All right. Uh, 
Gayton is going to take this one. Well done, Corey. God damn it. All right. I should have pointed nice. out the hair. Nice. The fucking hair. Nice. God <laughs> damn it. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it was a, it was a good it was a good choice. Corey, ball is yep. in your court. Who is your weenie whistle? <laughs> weenie uh, my whistle. my Neil. Neil with an I. Neil with an I. Somebody yeah. who is who is someone who would would look better than than the Scott Calvin character the whole time in comparison, you know, because you know he's the new guy, and and I, and I wanted somebody who was sure. a little little smarmy, a little little smug. I chose Bradley Cooper. Oh yeah. I'm thinking of him like more in the wedding was it wedding crashers that type of uh, yeah maybe when he first started his career I mean Bradley he's I just listened to him on Howard Stern he's like Howard I'm 50 years old is he's he like 48 he's 48 oh my he's gosh. like I'm, I'm pushing 50 he's like I, I probably got four movies left and he wants to write and direct everything he does I mean I think Del Toro got lucky getting him for Nightmare Alley uh, a couple years ago I, I just think Bradley Cooper's in anything he's he's going to be directing it. Um, at this point, uh, yeah, I mean, hmm. to be fair, didn't didn't Judge Reinhold, you know, have just a string of movies he was in before he? he did, came no, he did. He had a really one? good run here, actually. Uh, and in fact, he had second billing in this fucking movie. I couldn't believe it. And and that's yeah. just got to be from name recognition and previous success in other movies. Because do you know that I used to think times. when I was a kid, I used to think Judge Reinhold was an actual judge. <laughs> I believe it's it. It's like Judge Bob. Bob, y'all don't know this, but Bob is his last name. His first name is Judge. Yeah. Okay, it's just, it's not a title. Yeah. It's just Judge Bob. Okay, were, no he rest. was born to be on the show. Yeah. Did they not run with that joke in the Jay and Silent Bob animated series? That's a that, that would Judge be a, that's a deep ass cut, Coco. I I want to say, but probably on, he's going to sure. look it up. Let, let, let's okay. move on. Uh, I like that. It would be a stretch. So we need an I team to look it him, up for him. Do it. He's doing it. Uh, it'd be a stretch for him to do it, but I, I do like that. All right. Warren, who do you have cast here? He's eating again. It's like, he, Good. he, it's like, all Good. right, it's my time to talk. Hang on a second. Gets out of the bag. Um, look for Neil. This is a great supporting part. Provides comedic relief. He's not really the antagonist. This movie doesn't have one, but if it does, he's the closest thing to it. But he, you know, he's not really an unlikable character. Uh, he's just really kind of the butt of Scott Calvin's jokes. I went with Mark Ruffalo. I think he would be terrific oh, in this man. part, having the, this, the sensibility, especially with like Santa, but also being like grounded and trying to be practical in terms of the, the, the psychiatrist part when it comes to the early parts uh, uh, and talking about Santa in the first and second act. Well, I think I think it'd be great in this. I, I think it's like at 75, 80% a good casting, but there's one key thing about the character that I feel like is missing with Ruffalo. He think he checks a lot of the boxes, but Corey, you said it earlier, smarmy. You, the smarminess is a requirement for the character. He's not smarmy. He's a little smarmy. He's no. kind of smarmy. Judge Reinhold is not smarmy. I know, dude. He tends to play likable, grounded, down-to-earth guys. I mean, he's a... He's not unlikable in this part. I, I don't think he is. So yeah, to give to give uh, you know Warren Warren here uh, his 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 decision. It's Mark Ruffalo. You know he seems like a nice guy, and Neil cares for Charlie. He he cares you know deeply about him. So I think I could see Mark Ruffalo's like softer side. I, I do see that. the care. I mean, it's, you're you're right. Neil's Santa? not a bad guy, but the smarminess yeah. the smarminess does come through for me. Where he he thinks that. He does thinks like he's better than 
than uh, than Sky. It's like he's he doesn't like. Uh, no, he almost he, doesn't he looks like down on the sand. No, no, thing. no. Here, he here's look the thing. Down he, on the people. Well, he he does. He pushes Scott out. He does. He definitely wants to that aspect of Charlie's life to be closed off. Anyway, that so, is true. His first, his very first line of Scott is antagonistic. He's like, "Oh, you're not yeah. nice, PJs." Boom. There, there, like, there's there's a there, there's a butting of heads. Anyway, I feel okay. like that's a relatable, funny thing they're making about the relationship. The way that I looked at the character is smarmy and antagonistic, but still a good guy. Could play the psychiatrist well, where he feels like he's most likely the smartest person in the room. I went with Jason Schwartzman uh, as my Neil. Uh, that's why you're trying to sell uh, this Rushmore shit. Uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the mm, world. He plays no. the, the villain in that. So no. I think he, among many other things, a lot of Wes Anderson films, I think he'd be great. Yeah. No, I don't see it. Okay. Well, it's not up to you. Yeah. Well, I don't see it coming off being <laughs> judged myself. So eh, I don't love any of these options. Ruffalo's the best of the three here. Yeah, he is going to take this one. Thank you. That's fair. That's fair. Before we move on, I do want to call out that my deep cut was correct. I am dropping a picture in the <laughs> chat. Judge Reinhold played a judge in the first episode of the Clark's he did. animated Look at series. This picture here. <laughs> he did. Uh, that's fantastic. Three oh, wow. I love it. Great. I love it. Nice. Good job. All right. All Warren, right. let's get into Laura and yes or no. Is she going to have the don't with me haircut? Who is your Laura? Uh, dude, okay. I, I think she would... Uh, I don't know about the fucking hair. Can I leave that up to the fucking hair department? Jesus, hair and makeup. I, I don't know. I mean, you could do a oh, lot of things terrifying. with character. She's absolutely terrifying. Hey, this actress was in a lot of movies, man. She's in some fucking hits. Wasn't she the wife at Air Force One? No, somebody else. Damn it. I think she's great. I'm just saying that haircut is it's just... I think she is the wife. And you're like, She's wow. the Patriot Games wife? I thought she's Harrison Ford's wife in something. She's not the wife and the uh, girlfriend... Pacino's girlfriend in Heat is no, no fuck no. Uh, somebody else. Okay. God, man, what? That is no. just a sharp, the same haircut. That is, that is, sharp haircut. That is a really terrible. Okay, just get, go, Warren. Come on. I'm, I'm is that the same haircut that Jason Schwartzman has in Scott Pilgrim? Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Wendy Wendy uh, Cruson, Air Force One. Yeah, she played Ford's okay. wife. I nailed it. That's just what she's go. Most known for. <laughs> Who's your Laura? Uh, my Laura. Uh, she's okay. This actress has been in my bullpen for a while. I've been wanting to use her. This is a perfect part to drop her in. She, I, I just think with a Christmas movie, playing the mom, very warm, really can nail the parts. Uh, there are, Even though the mom is in the movie much, she is in some scenes where she's got to kind of stick it, uh, the landing on, and, and I, I think this actress would be terrific. Carrie Washington is my Laura. Wow. All right, Phil. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's like it's like putting you know, Meryl Streep as Mrs. Duncan in in the last episode or so. Meryl just a Streep, way- uh, come on, dude, what are you talking about? I'm just saying, I mean, it's, Carrie, Carrie it's an over. It's an overcast films. It's an o- it's a way overcast. It's Santa Claus, dude, it's a Christmas. You're doing movie. this for yours, but <laughs> for Bra- for Bra- when Corey did Bradley Cooper, you're like, oh no, he would fucking never do this. And well, then you turn because Bradley Cooper's a good actor. <laughs> See, you twist the writer. argument yeah. around Carrie, to service what she you want to do. Dude, she's she has a career where she's been in stuff. I, this would I could see her popping up in a movie like this. So the perfect Laura, the, mom. the perfect Laura would be Rosario Dawson. Would check all the boxes as far as what's required of the character. Uh, could play a little Karen, but you don't root against her. Uh, you still well, like her. Rosario is a big star. Are you gonna the put magic her in of fucking the Christmas movie. Like that? 
So Rosario yeah, Dawson's Dawson. carried more movies in a lead role than fucking Kerry Washington has. <laughs> Jeez. All right, uh, Corey. Who do you have cast as Laura? I'm just trying to stay on the good list here. No. Uh, yeah. Between the siblings. <laughs> there is no good uh, list. <laughs> I, I went with a big actor. I went with Tina Fey as my Laura. And the reason why is because I feel like Laura's role is, for the most part, antagonistic, you know, against Scott Calvin the whole time. Oh, yeah. But when they when they're on screen together, there is some back and forth. And I really wish that Laura would be able to, to give a little more back and forth. I wish there was, you know, some more. I don't know. Not cattiness is not the word I'm looking for, but just some more like, you know, one quips, the other quips. And I feel like Tina Fey could bring that. Hmm. Okay. Well, Tina's, uh, uh, yeah, I Tina's mean, she's damn near perfect for it. There's only one problem with the uh, the whole Tina Fey casting, Corey. I love it in every way, shape, or form. However, okay. there's only one casting on the call sheet that really fucking matters, and that's Scott Calvin. So Phil's gonna win, and you guys are going to sudden death yes. on Scott Calvin. I won by default. Hey. Yeah. So we're we're we're, uh, we're tied up uh, going into the finals. All right. <laughs> so Mine should have won. Care Washington was great. So the Rosie Darius wow. Dawson was good. All right. So, and you said there's no antagonist in this movie early on. Scott Calvin is the antagonist in the movie. He's playing against himself. Oh, I like that. Interesting. Okay. He's the one that doesn't believe in Santa Claus that's becoming Santa. No, he does, but but no, 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 Neil's the one. Because he has no choice. Neil's the one that broke Charlie's imagination and told him Santa didn't exist. At least Tim Allen's character, Scott Calvin, is telling Charlie Santa exists. That's not a bad guy. But he did. He himself did he not sure. believe Santa existed. He was well, a denial a about adult. it. Do any of us believe in Santa? God damn! I mean, Absolutely, I do. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, on the record, right now, no, I yes. believe in Santa. Yes. Uh, I guess I'm Don't, on the naughty. Know, I'm getting cold for it's Christmas. It's because you're not married. But when random shit shows up at my house, and I look at my wife, and I'm like, must be from Santa. You know, Santa's got an Amazon account, right? <laughs> what are these tailor-mades? God, that guy's awesome. So. Scott Calvin is uh, he is the entire embodiment of Santa Claus for our generation. We grew up on it, and this was like a magical fucking movie. I love it. I watch this stuff with my kids on the regular. So um, impassioned about this character and where we go with it. Corey, I'm going to unfortunately make you go first. No problem. I'll lead the discussion here. I wanted a Scott Calvin that was uh, fatherly for one thing, had all the right comedy, you know, high notes, could deliver lines perfectly, could could be the kind of guy you could see focusing on, like, his business over his family, like, could play this part, but could also transition into the more compassionate part of it. And so I went with Paul Rudd for my Scott Calvin. Paul Rudd, nice. Very uh, nice. Yeah, I love so Paul Rudd. I, I thought of Paul Rudd. And yes, even though he is 50, he looks like he's... <laughs> Yeah, well, how many so. fucking franchises is this guy going to be in? I mean, uh, god damn it, Avengers, Ghostbusters. I mean, it's getting he's yeah. getting he's probably too busy. We're going to have Lewis. to shoot this movie in 4 One, years. You're, you're, you're putting sure qualifiers into the recasting. I thought of Paul Rudd. It's solid. It's a solid choice. It's not Thank the best you. choice, you, but it's solid. The little jabs, that's a little underhand. It's good. It's not the best. not the best. Mine's the best, but yeah, I mean, it's okay. Yeah. All right, foodie, go ahead. Who do you have cast here? Best for last, got it. He said foodie. No, you're He's foodie. talking to you. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. He said Phil. <laughs> God damn it. Usually you make me go last. <laughs> Shit. Uh, 
right, so this is a film that has a comedic star vehicle. You gotta, you gotta really have some star power here. Uh, someone that's got the chops to carry the movie. Uh, thought of Jim Carrey, Ben Stiller, Steve Carell. These are just all some kind of names I was kicking around. Didn't quite feel right though for this part. Although I, I did, I could see Steve Carell. Okay, that, that that's the one I got the closest Carell's to out of that bad. group. I Close actually group. thought about Steve Carell. As well. Carell would be pretty. Carell would make a good Neil. That's a Neil. That's a good Neil. Uh, you know who I when I thought of this actor though, he's perfect. He you would believe him as Scott Calvin getting in from work, playing them no matter of fact, fucking up the turkey, taking him to the restaurant for Christmas Eve. The whole way that plays out. Jason Bateman is my fucking Scott Calvin, and I'm sorry, dude. He is crushing this part. I mean, he's fucking perfect. The whole bit when he's figuring out who's he's going to be saying, oh, well, Jesus, look at the size of these. Even when he goes into work and he's gained the weight and he's having to explain it, dude, Bateman would crush all this. This is this is Bateman's, Bateman's career goes to another level with this part. Unbelievable. But here's Bateman as Santa, right? He's like, uh, ho, ho, ho. Throw a beard on him. Anybody can be Santa. Well, he's like a very chill. Yeah, and it's in the back. eyes. It's in the eyes. I think there's. I think there's a lot of things about the part that Bateman would do great. But mm. the Scott Calvin character, there's so many requirements of it. You got to have the family man, the dad, good dad, that like Corey said. You do have to have the part where he can, like Warren, what you were saying, where he can deliver some of those lines in a way. But there is also. A, 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 a silliness, a comedy factor where that is played differently than B- Bateman's comedy. Like he's more of like a straight kind of everyman, very uh, chill, laid back. Uh, who I thought would be a better fit. I did consider Bateman, but who I thought would be a better fit popped in my head very quickly. Jason Sudeikis as Scott Calvin. He's got the who, but who more wholesome than Ted Lasso to play your Santa? <laughs> he can do the silliness. I can see him in the interview. The you know, I can see him nailing those like every and facet you of the should diet. <laughs> <laughs> every facet of the character I can see Sudeikis nailing. This was America's dad when he got cast, right? Coming off of uh, um, improvements. improvements. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was uh, this was a guy at the top of his game as an alpha, as a man's man, a dad. There's only one way to go with this, guys. That was David Harbour. I mean, come on. Oh, no, he, he's already played Santa. <laughs> come on, dude. Yeah, guys, uh, uh, spoilers. <laughs> that's, that's spoilers. Hey, spoilers. Harbour. That was my uh, double feature uh, as Violent Night with this. I was going to. Violent Night. Sure. sure. <laughs> and you have him being Santa in both films. That's it. Yeah. I think that only one of these checks all the boxes, um, literally. And the Paul Rudd casting is absolutely perfect. Corey, well done. Yo. All right. Are uh, you kidding me? God damn, right. Phil, we suck so bad guests are winning now. <laughs> All right. See you later, Bob. Fuck off. <laughs> no, no, you got to do the sign-off. You got to do the sign-off. We should make that the new sign-off. <laughs> See you later, Bob. Fuck off. Until I win, that is the sign-off. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, gentlemen. Recasting court is adjourned. You fucking blew it! And it's fan theory time. Warren, you love it. Oh, Don't. man, I'm going to take a nap. Please do. Corey, uh, I'm going to share yeah. this fan theory Jeez. on you. Boom, I think me, you'll like me. this. I like this. Is this. so terrible. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, you know, dude, oh, God. There, there, there's several out uh, there. I can't, I the can't do it. One that I came across I, I, I very much enjoyed was yeah. that the reason that Bernard, the elf, looks so much older than the other elves and is in a position of authority compared to the other elves like he's 
definitely stands apart than every than all the other elves is because he is the former or a former Santa Claus's son who decided to become an elf to stay with his father. Um, and that is why that he is there. He's ages slower, but the evidence for that is that you know he's gruffer than the other elves, so maybe he's... So he's Will Ferrell, an elf, uh, what, 10 years later? Yeah, but they killed him. Yeah, I guess, but... Uh, but you know, he's, he's a human. That, yes, he's a human that was... The cha- so you're ripping off the elf for your fan theory. No, this would have been this would have predated this this movie would have by um, ten years, nine years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's mean to Scott at first, but he's nice to Charlie. Here's the most I would say the most uh, convincing evidence for it: the snow globe that he gives to Charlie, so he can always see his dad while he's being Santa. How did Bernard get that globe if he didn't have it himself first? If he wasn't in the same position where someone gave the globe to him. Okay, look, dude, the dude's running the North Pole. They got a fucking elf squad. I mean, they got elves with attitude, all right, bitch? Listen, <laughs> bitch. They, they, they got toys. They got gadgets, okay? Uh, he's probably listen, got a bunch you of already, stuff. You always nay say my fan theories. I want to hear Corey nay say my fan theory. <laughs> I like the idea of it. It makes it a little creepier than it needs to be. Although you yeah. could do a couple of really hard cuts in this film yeah, and make it kind dark. of a creepy movie, you know, with, with Santa Claus falling off the roof or the scene where um, Scott Calvin uh, stalks the Christmas dinner outside the window. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but for this particular theory, if I'm not mistaken, I think in like maybe the second one or the third one, they have a whole snow globe room. So like, uh, there's a bunch of magic snow globes. Ooh, I haven't seen that, is that a, one. That uh. is a joke. I don't. I don't mean to dive in. No, yeah, no, that's what I was fine. gonna say. It's that's what I said. It's the North Pole. They got a bunch. Of okay, that whatever. Right. Well, I liked it. I thought it explained why he was older and why he was a little gruffer. You know, he's like you know, your typical elf. No, I just think why does he maybe look so much? Why is he so much bigger and looks so much older? I, maybe, maybe after like ten thousand years, he actually starts. He would grow be in a, a position bit. of authority because he's Santa's son. That's maybe why. One, maybe once every five hundred years, an alpha elf is born. <laughs> that's yeah, it, it's like a queen. You know, it's like, no, your fan theory should have been like you know the queen ants. It's like a king uh, elf. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. Every so often you have a head elf. Who One elf runs to the rule shit. them all. Yeah, shut exactly. fuck off, guys. Exactly. That's right. better than your fucking Santa son. It's Get not the fuck mine. I just found it on the internet. Dark ass fucking fan theory. Goddamn Donnie Darko over here. I'm bra- fucking, it's, well, it's, where, it's, so it's, where's Santa at? He just fucking vanished? It's like, yeah, guess what happened? I killed your Santa dad. Santa goes away and his son is <laughs> s- s- stuck in servitude as an elf. Well, fucking I don't need this anymore. Delusional. Here you go, Charlie. Yeah. yeah. Way to run one of the greatest Christmas movies ever. That's Jesus, what I'm here for. Philip. That's what I'm here fucking for. Terrible it was on theory. the internet. I didn't create yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, it's on the internet. Uh, it must be true. No, I just... <laughs> the other ones out there weren't much better. Uh, and we'll close out the episode discussing the legacy of the Santa Claus. Man, look, an all-time Christmas holiday staple movie. Uh, Phil, we got it on the family uh, what Christmas replay value movie list every Christmas. We play movies in the background all day long, and it's on there. That's right. Yeah, we basically we have a playlist of films that we run during Christmas while people are having presents or whatever. It just kind of plays in the background. You mentioned, Corey, you have it run whenever yep. you wrap presents. Uh, we, we so we it's one of those that that's how in. big a movie dorks we are. We love movies so much, and Christmas movies are so powerful. Okay, if you're in the living room, it's Christmas movies all day long. If you're in the kitchen, it's Christmas music all day long. Mm. Yeah, so you got both. yes. All right, so uh, talk about the franchise. Uh, yeah. Corey, you could probably weigh on this more than I can. 
more than Warren can. I've only ever seen the Santa Claus. I've never seen any of the yeah, sequels. Yeah, me neither. I've never there seen was the sequels. The Santa Claus 2 in 2002. So there was an yep. eight, eight-year gap between the first and second one, which is well, odd. As, we, as consi- we talked about, Tim Allen was very busy. You know, this was his jump to being a movie star. Well, also, he was miserable. so miserable in doing the makeup and everything going through the filming process. Four and he, five years, uh, excuse me, four and five hours a day. He didn't want to do it. That's why he took such a break. And then they did Santa Claus 3, The Escape Clause, which had, what, Martin Short as Jack Frost, right? Like the villain, yes, like yes the Martin Joker Short to his, is The Jack Joker Frost. to his Batman. Uh, that yes. was in 2006. And then recently they've had two seasons on Disney Plus of The Santa Clauses. Dude, that's a genius out, concept. Yes. Come out in 2022, 2023. Corey, have you watched that series yet? Uh, I think I watched one episode of the what? series. What? So I've heard it's good. Have, I, I just haven't had a chance to really dive into the, the TV series. You're, but, you're more of a binger. You kind of like waiting until yeah, things yeah. have come yeah, run. Well, yeah. I, I got to tell you, the concept of them doing this seasonally every year for six episodes, dude, is genius. Whoever thought of this, it's so smart. And it, it makes sense. Like, he would still be Santa fucking 30 years later. Like, it actually narratively works. The premise of the show is he's trying to find his replacement. Yes. That's oh, really? Is. Yes. And, you know, Tim Allen's 70 now. So yes. Well, he could, make just, he, could just, he could just fall off the roof. Less makeup time. He just got to go to the <laughs> So do they have haircut. a whole thing that he finds out? I wonder if they ever show, like, in the movies or in the show, like, he finds out that he was targeted and, and selected by Santa to be the next Santa. Or if it was just a happy accident, because now he ha- I mean, now he has to succeed. Doesn't the universe just kind of take care of it for him? I don't know. The well, I think that Christmas. I think that's the thing is that he is trying to recruit other Santas. I haven't watched the show, but I'll. Uh, there are other people in the Santa suit. I would assume that he wants to find the most nonviolent way for him to pass it on. <laughs> um, especially because like just go fall off a roof, dude. It, well, in, in the, the, in, the show. in the Santa Claus, right? He he's he's dude. talking to their ver- their version of Q, uh, the elf. Go on. I, Warren said an epiphany. I got I got an idea. Hold on. I need to call the studios. Okay, listen. This is the end of the TV series. Tim Allen's character falls off a roof on Christmas Eve. You're a fucking idiot, dude. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, yeah? Your fucking dark-ass fan theory? You fucking Was better than that. Was better than that. That might win Emmy for best fucking limited series right there. That's a tearjerker. That's like Luke Skywalker showing up and mowing down all those motherfuckers go, go on, in the Mando uh, season spoilers. two finale. Go on, uh, Corey. You were, you were saying something. Well, well there's four years later. To, to talk to talk about, you know, they, they had the... Uh, the, the elf version of Q uh, from Bond there uh, showing off yeah. the different gadgets, the, yep. the flame proof suit. And he said, what happens if I fall off a roof? So mm. you know, obviously he wants to avoid that. Um, to, to jump back about Santa Claus two uh, and Santa Claus three, the escape clause. Um, I would say Santa Claus two is actually, I know that most films who have has sequel have kind of sequelitis. It's not always as good as the first one. Sure. I would say this, the second one is worth a watch. It's more hallmarky. If you think okay. about that, because well, they, the, they, they the plot of they, it, they put it to a G rating. They wanted to make as wholesome and palatable to young children as possible. The plot of that is that he is trying to find his Mrs. Claus. That's the next part in the Santa Claus. Otherwise, uh, he will stop. Uh-huh. And so, and he wants, and, and so I take it he wants to keep being Santa at that point. He does. He likes being Santa. He wants to be Santa. So uh, the the plot of it is that he's actually going to, for a short period of time, revert back to his Tim Allen self. 
to find uh, a suitable Mrs. Clark <laughs> and bring her to the North Pole. But at the same time, they have manufactured a stand-in Santa Claus, a plastic Santa Claus, uh, Terminator-esque, that has uh, taken over the, the North Pole. And so he also has to contend and deal with that uh, in, in the film. Wow, Santa Claus- that is just a terrible... Whoever added the fucking half-baked Terminator thing, it's just... Uh, you could have just made the movie with a simple plot with the Miss Claus thing, you know? Just made it's it like up. in this one, Tim Allen was in every scene, of course. In Santa Claus 2, he's in every scene, and he's also two characters. Because um, <laughs> yeah. he, he does play his, his plastic counterpart as well. Oh, Jesus. Uh, okay. In Sa- Santa Claus 3, it's... It's, I think that one is definitely the weakest one. It's an okay watch. Uh, no, it's, you, I've just heard it, it's absolute uh, garbage. If, if you are wrapping presents like I am, it's fine to have on the back. And the whole point of that is that uh, Mrs. Claus is now going to uh, have a child. Uh, it's going to be their, their second, uh, it, uh, Scott Calvin's second child. Uh, and uh, she wants to bring all of her in-laws and family to the North Pole. And so they have to uh, pretend that the North Pole is Canada uh, for for what a portion the of the movie. Heck is so, so, going the, so on. they don't so they don't realize he really is Santa. Uh, and at the same time, Martin Short's character of Jack Frost is. Uh, why don't you just get an Airbnb and uh, <laughs> yeah, you just right. go stay there, and that's your place. Uh, yeah. Case solved. Twenty twenty three. Well, he still has to be Santa, so he has to be on site all the time. So oh, that Jesus. that's that's well no the, he only has to be on site after Thanksgiving right when did it become he has to so be so it's there like a it's like a Mrs Doubtfire type of situation. so in the sequels <laughs> does he have to be there three sixty five does he stay in the Santa suit all movie or is it one of those things where he still kind of goes back and forth between uh, you know young Tim Allen uh, and then after Thanksgiving for the six weeks he's Santa in the sequels he is Santa twenty four seven three sixty five he has he has accepted the mantle. He is Santa. All the he's well, accepted no, but, but, that. Excuse me. Hang on. He's accepted the Santa. And this, oh my God! Oh, oh see Corey, by the by. Oh, hang on. No, wait, we still got more. We're, so. We got to play off here. That's oh, Jesus. <laughs> the Santa. But, but yeah, no, he's oh he's God. Santa the wow. whole time, except for in Santa Claus Two. That's interesting. They made the change because Bernard laid out the Santa Claus, and it's clear that you get to live your normal life up till Thanksgiving. Which let's just talk about how much of an asshole Scott is for taking a son on Thanksgiving. And having him just disappear from his mother for four weeks until Christmas Eve to be with him in the North Pole, like, come on, that that that's yeah. kind of an asshole move that the movie just kind of glosses oh, whoa, over. Whoa, 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 whoa! He, there's no way, Charlie. No, he's not there for that long. Yeah, uh, he, he gets him. He takes him on Christmas or Thanksgiving, and doesn't come back until Christmas Eve. No way, he's misses not there school. A month. Everything. No, yeah, that's way. how. He, now that makes that yeah. tracks because no, of the, I don't think he's. I don't think the he time that, that it would have required to do all the upgrades and do everything. He definitely didn't do it in one night on Christmas Eve. When he comes to get Charlie, it is Thanksgiving. Bernard comes to get him Scott on Thanksgiving night and say, "Hey, basically, you're coming to the." North I don't Pole. think so, man. I have to. That go is back what happens. I don't think it's. I don't think he's gone a month, man. Yes. I think- this is well before the invention of the Amber Alert, but it would have been called the Charlie Alert at this point. Yes, um, exactly. because he was yes. gone for a long time. There's no, yeah. he was gone that long, really. Yeah, from Thanksgiving oh, to Christmas Eve. No way, Eve. Yeah. that's crazy. And then all of a sudden, he comes back and he has a twinkle in his eye, and all is forgiven by Laura and the cop. It's just like it doesn't make any sense, but okay. At that point, Tim Allen's not leaving North Pole. Maybe that's why he's Santa Claus 24-7 in the because he's got a fucking warrant. <laughs> As, uh, Scott Calvin, is, uh, he's got to be Santa all year round. 
so guys, favorite installment? Duh, this one, right? I mean, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. It's the, the OG. Yeah. Uh, the second's okay. The third one's trash. From what I've read, I haven't seen them. Um, yeah. It seems like the second one was kind of decent, right, Corey? That's what Corey was saying. Yeah, it's okay. It's it's yeah. I, I would say uh, one the best. Two worth a watch. Three eh, don't really. Give I, I, bet if we, I bet if we rate everything, it's this movie first, the series, the TV series number two, and then it's the movies two and three, the movie sequels. I would, pro- after probably, that. probably, probably. It seems like mm. the, the the series is working good. I'd say at the very least, you have to have the second one. So it had to be first one, two, then the series, then three. Uh, let's go. You know, one first movie, Santa Claus, two Santa Claus, two, uh, three the series. Or Topo Gijo, and then five. <laughs> oh, yes. Ed Sullivan, Topo yeah. Gijo, yeah. Uh, spoofs of the Santa Claus, uh, of course, the family guy. Uh, when Peter Griffin says, they'll make you do an Exodus movie with Tim Allen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Simpsons uh, in uh, Treehouse of Horror, uh, 14, when uh, Homer becomes the, the Grim Reaper by putting on the robe. <laughs> <laughs> I recently watched all of the Treehouse of Horrors. Um, that one's, uh, yeah, it's not bad. It's 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 an okay one. Yeah, yeah. Um, references uh, Saturday Night Live references as referenced it a couple times. Uh, Enemy State and Jersey Girl both show the VHS in the movie, like the VHS box. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, that's kind of cool. Anytime you're making in the zeitgeist enough, where you're popping up in other movies as you know. The, the, either the poster or the, the the movie case. You mean Enemy of the State with Will Smith and Gene Hackman? Yes, yes. Many references to home improvement in this movie. Uh, he grunts, "Oh no!" He picks up the tool belt, holds it to his waist. Oh, 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 yeah. yeah. Yes, the tool time. Ho, ho, ho! Absolutely. Yep. Yes, he does that. Uh, uh, he he says, "I hope the guy that lives here is a tailor." Yeah, uh, Tim Taylor. Tim Taylor. Yeah. Uh, wow. That's your that's your fucking fan theory for you, Phil. Jesus Christ, put that in your pipe and smoke it. That what his twin lives there and is Tim the Toolman Taylor. No, what it's the just the fuck are you talking no, the, about, the, idiot? No, to connect the universes. That's terrible. No, I'm just hey, that's what you typically try to do with your fan. No, I theories. don't. I stay. I, I specifically stay. Well, away maybe from they'd that be a little crap. better if you did. Okay. Okay. Uh, people like the Marvel <laughs> universe. We like things that are connected. Okay. The multi. The multi. The uh, yeah, we, we like yeah. it. The, the the meta of it all. Uh, also references uh, or there's homages to uh, the Miracle of 34th Street, uh, James Bond, Goldfinger, uh, specifically. Uh, the shaken, not stirred reference. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ed Sullivan, of course, with the uh, Topo Gijo. Um, Jeopardy and America's Most Wanted. It's also mm. a reference. Um, Impact, I mean, I, I think what has helped this movie kind of stand out as a been such a hit a uh, Christmas because they come out with so many Christmas movies even back then they did even now especially I mean I think I saw but not specifically last year to, to it was Santa 180 Claus. Christmas movies that came out if you include all yeah the but like 175 of those are on Lifetime and the Hallmark channel Hallmark yeah, yeah. Well, like 100 of them probably and, uh, and 150 of them either have Lloyd Laughlin or Can- Candace Cameron Burr in it so anyway uh, that's an episode it's, uh, for another episode we'll do a Hallmark movie Phil no we uh, won't uh, okay. We definitely will not. Uh, well, I, I, well, I, well, I think what makes this movie though uh, really work is the combination of humor and the heart uh, that it has at the same time. It's really made it a, a Christmas movie all time stalwart, in my opinion. Uh, I, I think it's on all the replay list. 
Well, yeah, and again, what we talked about is that it, it you kind of got to see how the sausage was made with Santa and like the magic of Christmas and delivering the presents and the North Pole and all that. So I would say that's the that that that's what resonated with me as a kid and and why I look upon this movie fondly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this film will be replayed in my house uh, for years and, and years and years. Uh, it's just I don't I can't imagine a Christmas without or Christmas season without seeing it. Yeah. So to segue off of that top five Christmas movies, guys, uh, Warren, once you kick us off from five to one, what would be uh, your, your top five? You don't have to tell me five to one. It's not like I, I know. Well, ever rodeo. since Nick did that one episode, it started, it started at the top. Uh, it started as number one. Look, man, uh, I kind of wrestle with this. You can ask me. All right. Number five, I had Home Alone 2 lost in New York. Mm-hmm. But I think I got to go with the Santa Claus as my number five. Uh, Home Alone oh. 2 lost in New York. I'm going to bump to six. Okay. Uh, kind of honorable mention. Okay, gotcha. Honorable mention, Home Alone 2 lost in New York. Dude, I'm sorry. The replay value on that movie, it, it's got one of the highest replay values of, of any Christmas movie. It's it's just so okay. easy to watch. All right. I hate to bump it off the list, but yeah, I'm going to go with the Santa Claus. Okay. Uh, number four, Christmas Vacation. Okay. Keep That's going. your number one. You fire. Keep know going. You. Keep going. Number three is uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. Number two is um, Die Hard. Yeah. Okay. I know what number one is, so keep going. And uh, number one is Home Alone. Home that Alone. is the crown jewel of Christmas movies. Yeah. All right. Uh, I had a couple honorable mentions. Uh, one, well, a few. Uh, my Santa personal Claus. top five, not, not yeah, my all-time. These all are time. personal top fives, not definitive top fives. Honorable mentions for me, Elf, Nightmare Before Christmas, and Santa Claus are honorable mentions. Number five is A Christmas Story, just because I've seen it so much. It is a true Christmas classic. Number four is Die Hard. Number three, Home Alone. Number two, It's a Wonderful Life. And number one is, yes, Warren, Christmas Vacation. That is the superior. Oh, geez. All right, Coco, what you got? I so I was joking. I mean, it's it's a great movie, <laughs> it, man. No, it is the best Christmas movie. Okay, I don't know about the best. It's a Wonderful Life, probably if you're going all time great. That's why it's a close number, number two. Number two, yeah. I'd say I'd say number five is is Die Hard. Uh, yeah, you gotta throw that in there. Got, gotta throw it in there. Uh, <laughs> so many listeners are mad. They're just like all three of them have Die Hard as a Christmas movie. <sighs> Die Hard is a Christmas movie, hundred yes. uh, percent. Number four would be Elf. I think. Okay. Nice. Uh, yeah. Three, three would be Santa Claus. Oh, number three. That's surprising. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, like I said, it, it's, it's, it's a staple in the house. Uh, I figured it would have been your number one, but okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, number two is, uh, Christmas vacation. Yes. Nice. And number one for me is, is home alone. Home alone. So Warren, you, you two, both of you matched on number one home alone. Okay. Right, there we I go. like it. All right. Okay. Um, so that being said, double feature if you if you had to kind of pluck one of those out or it could be a different movie perhaps that you were going to say um let's say you you fire up the santa claus and it's over what's a double feature what movie are you putting on to pair this with maybe you're not done wrapping your presents yet and you put another movie on you go into santa claus 2 what's your double feature no No, it is no what's your double (laughs) feature i'm just kidding (laughs) i imagine it would be a christmas movie unless you've got like the dvd box set of home improvement and you just want (laughs) to uh double feature i think i would have to go i think it's just another feel good film you know you're still riding high off of santa claus so what what was it i'm sorry elf elf oh okay nice yeah that's a good one that's a good one and you also have like 
the magic of Santa. It's in that vein yep. of like kind of peeking behind the curtain. What's going on? Okay. Like that. Uh, Warren, what about you? What's your double feature? Well, yeah, the, the thing is, is a situation due to the Christmas genre of the film. You don't have to adhere to like Santa Claus one, Santa Claus two. Like you don't, no yeah. one gives a shit. And if the second one was any good, maybe we would, but we're not going to in this situation. Um, I thought of like, okay, the Santa Claus is a great movie star comedian cooking and one of the all time Christmas classics. The most sensible matchup to me is Christmas Vacation. You got That's what I picked. Tim Jeez. Allen and, and Chevy Chase cooking. And a Christmas classic, and you're you're in good hands in both cases. You're in for a laugh and in for in for a treat. Interesting yeah. that he almost played Scott Calvin in this. So you would have had two <laughs> the double feature with Chevy Chase Christmas movies. Yeah, but that's mine as well. I think maybe you know if we chose uh, if I chose Christmas Vacation, I'd probably take some of the sugary sweetness off of the. <laughs> a you little know bit. What I mean? Yeah, a little bit. No, I, I, the Elf is a good choice. That is a solid family comedy. Um, with a great comedian cooking, Will Ferrell doing his thing too. And that, um, that is, that is an excellent, excellent choice. I would put the elf with, uh, uh Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Shut up, Warren. Shut up. The same. Because it has it's like the same it's yeah, it's the same. Aesthetic. Yeah. The aesthetic and some it's of even the got the same, uh, the same snowman appears. Yeah. 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 That's true. <laughs> Come on. It's like, uh, the, the, yeah, the, I just feel like those are connected and elf is so fucking good. I mean, I just, it is, yeah, it is so great good. movie. Yeah, I just showed it uh, the other day. Someone, uh, a girlfriend, never seen it. Just and that's peak Will Ferrell. I'm sorry, Will Ferrell was fucking on fire in the early 2000s. Yeah, we did it last season. Go back and listen to that episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, themes and messages, life lessons of the Santa Claus. Um, I mean, you got the magic of the holiday season. You got family, imagination, and we talked about this: adults not believing or caring about Christmas. You know, kind of, uh, kind of trying to help maybe remind them of. Uh, I, I do love that. That that is like the one unspoken rule of television movies is that no, you, no one's going to destroy the that belief in Santa Claus. Like no one broaches that. Even on the internet, like a lot of YouTube, even you, no, nobody wants to 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 step on that. Everybody wants to keep that magic alive, and I, I like that. That is kind of like an unwritten, unspoken rule. Gosh, I mean, there are still like local news channels that run the uh, the the reindeer radar, right? Yeah, Santa's to, to, yeah tracker. Hey, and dude, I, I I watch the uh, I pull up the tracker every Christmas Eve, man. Yeah, put yeah, it on for the kids, to, yeah. And I'll, I'll look, I and I, I'll show him when Christmas uh, when Santa's right over us because it'll actually show he passes every town, man. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. he seems That's to do it great. in pretty record time. I don't know how he hits all those houses that quick. Well, I've seen this documentary called The Santa Claus. <laughs> it's it's kind of it's a time time bubble. He's a time lord. That, that actually was a thing. That he's, a, he's a doctor who time lord. That's All right, too late for that, Phil. We don't have time. Okay, all right. Yeah, we're, we're done. And uh, Leonard uh, Claddy of Variety summed it up best when he said, quote, this is a hip, likable spin on the seasonal icon told with a deaf mixture of comedy and sentimentality, unquote. That is going to do it for this episode of Replay Value. Thank you so much for listening. The Replay Value podcast is hosted by me, Philip Reinerson, and my brother, Warren Paul. Our recasting judge is Bob Thompson. And, of course, Coco, uh, thank you again for joining us. Uh, hope, hopefully it will be sooner than a season and a half uh, until we get you back on. But thanks again for, for, for stepping in. Thank you, brothers, for having me on your podcast. Really appreciate it. And, hey, if it matters for anything, you're both on my good list. Oh, thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. War, not, not Expect to not get that present in the mail. Yeah. He's just saying that. He's just saying that because he won recastings. But, um, That's right. Uh, this episode is produced, edited, and directed by Walter Pickles Productions, and dedicated to our father, who we have to thank for our love of cinema. 
Please be sure to follow the podcast. And if you like what you hear, take the time to rate, review, and share with a friend. You can visit us on our website, replayvaluepod.com, and follow us on X, formerly Twitter, at replayvaluepod. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes every other Tuesday, and we'll see you then. Bye! This has been a Waldo Pickles production. 